Welcome to 98.9 Northwest FM. This is Matthew, or oh, Matty Jake. It's Car Talk. I'm joined in the studio by James and Adam. How are you going, guys? Good. What's going on? How are you going? Um, tonight, we've got, we've got a few topics we want to talk about. So, first of all, how are you guys going? How, how, how are your cars? Still going good. James? Uh, mine hasn't fallen apart yet. <laughs> um, like, I mean, we talked... Um, we talked before it's a Japanese car so it should last it should last a little longer than <laughs> than perhaps then, then your average car well that's what we're going to talk about in, in later on towards the end of the show we're going to talk about Aussie cars versus um, Japanese cars but um yeah so in the meantime we're gonna, I'm going to go on a bit of a rant because you know I like you know I love a good rant especially after the Focus RS escapade <laughs> um, but what we're going to talk about today in the, in the news the Northern Territory's got a got a got a stretch of highway that um it's unlimited. There's no there's no no speed limit on it basically. And what happened was four years ago they said as a trial we're going to see how we go, um you know to see if there's any any fatalities or anything. And if there is, we're going to reduce the speed limit back to 130 kilometers per hour. What they've done is, after four years, the new Labor government's gone in there and said no, nah, we're going to get rid of it. And the reason why, because they, well, well, pretty much because they they feel like, I reckon, revenue raising, we'll talk about off air, there has not been one fatality, there has not been nothing on that road ever, since since then. People are driving and, and people are concentrating at high speed. People are really focusing when they're driving at those speeds. You know, people are driving at what speed they feel comfortable. And that's the main thing. It's a long piece of road, there's nothing there. You know, I can understand if the animal runs out and stuff, but still, you think there would have been, and there's not been one death. If if the autobahn can have this for years, Australia set up for four years, not one fatality. Where are where are the where are the statistics to to, to say, hang on a minute, um, we're not going to have this because because you know just because we feel like it. There's no stats backing it up. Well, that's the thing. What's the point of a, a trial? Trials to get statistics, uh, and it's clear as day that uh, they've got the statistics right. They, they know that there's been no fatalities, no major accidents. I don't know if there was any accidents at all. And, um, you know, well, there's your answer. It's fine. It's yep. okay. And, and, I, and look, as, as I said, we were talking about our fair, James and I, about the Autobahn. The Autobahn's one of the most safest you know, roads in the world, and it's way longer than... The, the... Autobahn is 10 times as long, 10 times as wide as anything we have in Australia. They have, un, you know, no speed limit. And it's safer. There are less accidents than uh, any freeway we have in in any place. Um, so the fact that uh, it was, you know, this place in in Northern Territory was proven to be safe, they're just they're just you know looking for an excuse to make policy changes to to make to to, sh- to make a show of force to say, oh, you know, we're doing things. You know, we're the new government. You know. Just when they have no real basis for it, and they're fixing something that wasn't broken. In fact, they're, they're fixing something that was better than what it was originally. Exactly right. In the end, in the end, all this is is revenue raising. Um, it's all for the money. They don't really give. A, they don't really care about um, our safety or how efficient it is or blah blah blah. It's all about money making, and that's that's all they want. They just want to make more and more money to line their pockets. And at the end of the day, that they say, 
oh, sp- like, like for example, speed cameras save lives. Where's, yeah. the, where's the statistics for that? That's not true at all. That is not true at all. It's the biggest fallacy of, of, of any of any road, you know, road going, you know, r- rule and, and stat. Because one, you know, people have to jam on the brakes when they, when they see them. People can hit them up the backside. People can, yeah. you know, People go slower than they have, have to. to. Yeah. There are more accidents in places where it goes from 40 to 50 to 40 to 50 yep. because people have to constantly, you know, change their speed, keep an eye. Whereas in these places where the speed is steady, there are There's less no, accidents yeah. or no accidents. So it's it's not even about safety. It's about, you know, like Adam said, money. And and I was reading, um, I was reading this thing about, you know, if you have a nurse on the free one, they've got like 50, so they've got like 80, then it goes to 100, and it goes back to 80 again. You know what, you know what the reason, their reasoning is behind that? Tell me. To break up the traffic. It makes more traffic. Exactly right. Because it banks everybody up. Oh, have, that is their reason. But uh, that's, I, many, I, I, I know people can't see me right now, but my eye is like, my eyebrow, <laughs> my eyebrow is cocked like, like the, ro- the wrestler, the rock. <laughs> and like, I just, because I'm so like, what? Yeah. That yeah. doesn't make and, any and sense. Mine is twitching from the anger. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I know what it's like going into the Burnley Tunnel. It starts off at 80, you know, it's 80 on the freeway. The entrance to the tunnel is 60, and then the rest of the tunnel is 80. Tell me. Tell me what, what is that achieving? I mean, I understand people are going to be entering the tunnel at a lower speed, but if you've got a constant flow, it's not going to... It's not going to cause dramas. And, and look, I think I think they do that to, to get pe- to trick people out as well. I reckon to, just because because they do it also where the cameras are. Like the Burnley Tunnel's got cameras freaking yeah. everywhere. The Burnley Tunnel's got cameras, but the cameras don't move. I mean, if you know where they are, you know where to well, speed. Yeah. So look, in, in the end, cameras aren't they're not doing anything. Well, and, and at the end of the day, as as you know, as as all the accidents are happening, it's it's not it's the speed. The speed's never killed anyone. Let's get that very clear. Speed has never killed a single person. What's killed people is fatigue. Inexperience, inexperience, and and a, and a lack of knowing what just to, to generally do on the road. I see it everywhere. I saw her on the way here. We, the, yeah. our lady just drove straight in front of me. If we, she, I think she saw you too. She, she was just like, Matt, whatever. Well, anyway, I don't, I don't even know what the hell that was about. Anyway, I gave the new Hello horns a, a, a good, um, <laughs> a good christening with her. So I don't normally use my horn, but but she, just, she deserved it. She, she deserved it. Definitely. Um. Training, as we, as we move on to the subject, training. Yeah. Driver so, education, really. Driver education is, is the key, and that and, and that's where Australia's gone wrong. Look at look how good Germany is. I, I got a, I got a mate from uni. He's um he's, he's from he's from Germany, and um he's like to me to get your license in Germany. I even watched this in a documentary. You have to drive a stretch of the autobahn. We don't drive any freeways here. We don't drive anything here for for our tests. They have to do it there. There, you know. It's 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 part of the driving curriculum. Yeah, a lot of important stuff that you need to know, like freeways, just not covered in the test. I mean, like you'd be lucky if you did parallel parking. I mean, they skipped it for my test. Um, like I like I ran a stop sign, um, and it's now considered a critical error and not a failure. Um, that critical error is the difference between life and death. Yep. And I still pass my test. Not that I run stop signs, but you know what I mean. It's it's something that on the test that should have been that you fail. Yep, it should it should have been look look. You got your license, but it should it, legit should have been should have been a, a fail. If, well, it if, used if, to if, be. It used to be. <laughs> it used to be, and they changed it to a critical error. Maybe because a lot of people were doing it. I yeah, don't know. See, it, it just makes no sense to me at all because it's you know it's uh, driver education is the key, and the the, the fact. That they they're letting that happen. It's just it just well, makes. I didn't fly through that stop sign. I rolled. You know, it's like a giveaway. You sort of creep forward to see, and then you just take, take off. off again, yeah. Stop sign. You had to come to a complete, complete stop. stop. But nevertheless, 
it was a critical error, not a failure. I should have been failed. Should've I mean, they've got to be more strict. They could have been, and, and that's why places in like Germany are harder to get their license because you know they're, they're, it's so stringent, and the and the, the quality of the like the education is is is, yeah. is vital. I don't know? um I don't think you know America is probably not the best example of road safety, but I know I don't think they have it here, but there. Uh, you know, even in high school, they have driver's ed programs, and I don't think we have anything like that here. So it's probably it'd probably be better for us to educate drivers, even when they're younger, and you know, even before they even touch a car, just to get to get, just to get to prepared for it in the future. Look, I completely agree because um, they say, oh, P platers are the problem. P platers are the problem. They don't know how to drive. They don't know how to drive. Of course, they don't know how to drive because they've never had the they've, they've honestly never had the correct um, you know, the, the correct experience giving them 120 hours yeah 95% of them you know forge it like like let, yeah, let, that, let, was, let, that was pointless let, let's be honest here this is education is, is the is the key and we're not giving it to them and, but like having having said that uh, the school I'm teaching at the moment now has got a um, for the year 10s that are 16 and got the learners they, they actually go they should you can do you can do the drive Z course which is really cool which I think I've never seen in Australia before. Yeah, I reckon that's the, I reckon that's the best. I reckon that's the, one of the best things you can you can do for a person that age, just beginning to learn how to drive. Learn, just get, get that get that hands on knowledge, not just say okay here's confidence a t- as well. That's, that's that's what it comes down to confidence. It's, you know, confidence is a big thing when it's on the road. If you're too scared to take off at a roundabout, you can cause an accident. The person behind you can think you're going as you start to move forward and you hit your brakes, yeah. causes a rear end accident. Even though they're you're not at fault, they're at fault. It's it's confidence. Confidence is a big thing on the road. And, and not too much there. Oh yeah, not not too much. You, you, you don't want to think you're um you know. You don't be cocky. Cocky yeah. and go hectic. I'm hectic. I'm sideways hectic. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 a touchy subject. But from from what from what we've said here, I think the major key is is you know education, not not discrimination for for drivers because, oh uh, you you know you can do because you can do. Uh, 100, you know, 100 kilometers per hour, but then at the same stretch of road. Like, for example, dro- driving to Sydney, we drove to Sydney earlier in the year. It's 110 the whole way. It's a straight piece of road. You, yeah. Surely, mi- minimum 130. If, if you're going to residential areas and everything, I can understand. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a but different if story. if it's dead, empty freeway... Uh, Seriously, we're not back in the 70s where cars couldn't control it. Yeah. ESP, ABS, you know, all, all this stuff. Um, there's no need for it. Uh, there's no need for such a low speed limit. Cars can handle it. They can. They can. I think we mentioned, I think we already mentioned it, but when people are going that fast, they're concentrating more. Yep. And when there's a steady speed limit, they don't have to start, stop. They don't have to worry about, you know, that thing. And also, if there was no speed limit, like the Autobahn, for instance, people are going to go the speed they're confident at yeah confident with yeah that's exactly right and they actually have lanes for just you know, your average driver yeah which um for some reason in australia we can't figure out how to do um we were stuck in the right lane or just just don't know how to drive but um confidence and education are just the two most important vital things and i think we need to we need really to australia needs to really take a good hard look at himself look the, the government needs to take a good hard look at themselves and say this is what we're doing wrong this is why we're trying to get towards zero with the deaths. Yeah, and it's, it's still going it's, up. It's still going up. It goes up. Every, it's going up every, again every year. So you know, it's 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 been reduced since, since you know we've got, we've got airbags and that again. But just they just need to. I I think the whole system needs to be needs to be relooked at. Anyway, look, we got to go to a song. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to ninety eight point nine Northwest 
uh, 98.9 Northwest FM. This is Car Talk with Matty Joe. I'm still here with Adam and James. And I'll see you on the other side. And, uh, we got a text from Patrick. And he says, I didn't give way and I fell a biggest load of crap, um, mate, because this government is off their bloody chops. <laughs> so I'm guessing he's in relation to what you were saying, Adam, before about how... Um, I, ran a red, I ran a stop sign. Yeah, you ran a stop sign and they fell. It just shows that uh, there is inconsistency and just, yeah. it, just they just don't, generally just don't know um we've got also a message from from daza but um i'm not too sure what that was said so um yeah so we'll, just recapping we're talking about the you know the, the the change in the um in the speed limits in in the in northern, northern northern territory, territory which is which is really um just just confusing but anyway we'll, we'll move on we'll move on from this uh Another thing we're going to say, uh, James, James uh, Well, was it, I think, two weeks ago, the last uh, Australian-made car... The Ute, the, the Falcon, last yeah, Falcon Ute. last yeah. Falcon Ute ever it, to be manufactured in Australia had rolled off the line, and uh, all the uh, plants are closing um, and moving overseas. And I just, I wanted to give a shout-out to uh, a comic strip called uh, Winding Up the Window by a guy called Sam Wallman, which he made for SBS.com. And it's just a really cool, like, strip with, you know, images and, and uh, words about uh, the, the history of the Australian automotive industry and, uh, you know, the, the people it employed and the immigrants who, who worked in the plant and their, their families and how, um, you know, that's, fall, you know, it's fallen to the point where it no longer exists and those people no longer have jobs and uh, the future is looking like not so bright or, you know, we can never tell the future. So, but in this case, it's like the end of something that's very, like, I think I said it right at the start, cars are part of Australian culture. So it's like the end of something very uh, important to the core of what it is to be a Cheyenne. Yeah, look, I completely agree. And back then, when like if you're an immigrant, I was, I was reading on that, two, yeah. day, two days in, a, in the country, you got a job afford. Yeah. And back you then... Learn, you learn English on the shop floor. Exactly right. And you make friends and fam- like you become fam- a family on the shop floor. And the, and the bottom line is, back then, if you had a job at a, like a car company, you had a job for life. Yeah. You, you were... You know, it was... That's it. You wouldn't have to go anywhere else before you up there. So these people that have that have worked there for say like thirty odd years, what they're gonna do? Well, now most of them are too old to get work again. No new skills. Yeah, new skills, and you know, it's there's not a lot of jobs. I mean, you know, some some of them will go into other similar industries, um, but you know, most most likely most of them won't work ever again. Which is which is really sad, and also you got, you have to think about not just people that are working in the in the um, plants, but you you got to think about the people that like the companies that make the like the small bolts and, and the, the sub subsidiary companies exactly and right. the, yeah not not directly working for the the car plant, but you know the the outside and the people who work in the towns that were built mm-hmm. for the people who worked at the plant. So it's going to affect you know a lot of people in a lot of different ways. Your take on it, Ads? It's pretty sad. It is. It is pretty sad. Look, um, 
Ford and Holden have been battling it out for years in Australia, and it's it's cool. I mean, look, even look, Toyota's made here. Um, Mitsubishi was also Mitsubishi Chrysler. Chrysler. Look, there's been many manufacturers. Um, Nissan even actually. Yeah, Nissan. Um, but look, to have them go, uh, it's bad news for a lot of people. It's bad news for all of us. Yeah. And look, in the end, the only person to blame, or well, the only, uh, let's say, group of people to blame is the government. Yep. Um, all the Euro cars that have come in, the Jap cars that have come in. They gave, they gave everyone a choice to buy all these other cars and put our own, uh, look, our neighbour really in 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 trouble because they're the people that work, they manufacture these cars, they put all their heart and soul into it, and they're buying cars made overseas cheaply. Exactly right. That's what it comes down to, the dollar sign, which is really mm. really really sad. But um, the um, I mean, the government even antagonised the. Or auto industry like saying well you know we don't care if you don't like it leave <laughs> and literally like Joe Hockey said something like that and literally the next day all the main car companies left yep. and that's not okay like that's a really bad thing and it's 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 funny how uh, such, 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 such an important industry like the car industry is talk you know the government talks about how it's uh you know, unsustainable and it's, you know, we have to bail them out and all this stuff. But when they talk about the mining industry or the coal industry, it's all about, oh, you know, it's, you know, it's important for our infrastructure and it's a good investment. And it's like, you're talking about two major industries. One, the cars, which are very positive in a negative light and the coal and all that stuff in a positive light, even though it's not particularly, (laughs) and, you know, we're not seeing a lot of the profits that come from that. So... It's they've they've got they're all over the place. They just have no idea how to support industry in this country, a new industry, and uh, for the future. And the people who uh, are not no longer working at the plants uh, can't go on to new industry because the government's not bringing anything else over here. Everything's going overseas. That's right. And and we're gonna sit back in like say ten years and say, what does Australia make? Oh, hmm. We don't make anything anymore. That's that, that's it. You know, it's... Yeah. Even our like eucalyptus oil will come from Hong Kong or something. <laughs> I don't know. You know, yeah. every everything you, you expect we'd make is now from somewhere else. Does a send us a message and he's like, I want to thong the bloody government, uh, un Australian. <laughs> so a good um, thonging is what the he's not far off it though. Yeah, no, he's pretty much spot on. Anyway, um, well, we we've all had a little rant here about about what's going on, so. To blame is the government, but we can't really say that. So, <laughs> um, just education is education and a different mindset is, I think, what we need. Yeah. We have to start looking things, looking towards the future and not looking about how much money can we make right now. Yep. Like, we have to uh, figure out what are the industries to bring over, the sustainable industries, green energy, solar energy, all that. That are going to last a long, long time and employ a lot of people and bring a lot of money over the period of time instead of going, hey, we can make a lot of money like right now if we just ship everything overseas and ignore the future, basically. With all that being said, though, I do believe Ford are keeping some of the R&D guys here. They are, yes. So Ford, um, and I was thinking it was last year or the year before, that um, uh, it's that they want to keep... Their design team and their, you know, like the, you're right, the R and D. It's a global design, global R and D, I guess. For Australasia. Australasia. Okay. So, um, 
for example, we're going to be making all, all like designing all of Asia's cars and stuff right here, right here in, in Brody. So they're pretty much going to sell off the whole Brody plant, mm -hmm. except for a small bit where they where they design and all that. So. Oh, that's interesting. At least the the Australian design won't die with, with well, the manufacturing. Well, it, we won't because it just shows how good we are. We, we've got like cars like that. Have, okay, they're not built here, but the Everest, the the Ranger, mm. winning awards and just just fantastic cars. Yeah, they they're not in Thailand yet, but they were designed here. Mm. And you know, the same goes with the Falcon and the and the Commodore, designed here, built here. Okay, they they share some parts with some like you know some cars overseas. But the majority of it's built here, you know, like it's and designed here. Yeah. Our R and D's gone into this cars, and you know, it's if the, if that goes well, pretty much Australia goes with it. To be honest, like it is, it is sad in that aspect. But we'll move on, I think, um, before we get into a bit, bit more of a <laughs> sad, sad state. Australian cars versus Japanese cars. So, considering we're we're on the topic of you know bringing other people's cars, in, let's have a chat about why what you know what we like about each thing i, I remember um watching a documentary when the laser was first brought out here in, in australia in back in the, in the early 80s when they went from the escort to the laser and it was there one of the bosses of ford at the time and he's, he was like he's like the laser was good for us because we actually saw how the the, the japanese were making cars so they were, they were using that some of that technology and some yeah. of that um that that style to because they were making their cars there, the laser in the in the Homebush plant in Sydney, which is no longer exists, of course. Um, and they said it was also said it was one of the best things to happen for them because because they learned so much about different techniques to build cars and all that. Well, I mean, I'm not sure, but before that, uh, you know, in the sixties and seventies, most Aussie cars were like big American style. No tanks. No tanks. Yeah, V8 yeah, like straight sixes. Metal monsters. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And then I guess the Japanese changed their way of thinking. Yeah, well, you know, you know it's, and, and that, that's a big comparison because, like, your, your typical Aussie-made car is a big car. And the majority, if not all, rear-wheel yeah. drive. Rear-wheel drive, yeah. Mm. Rear-wheel drive, family cars, big cars. Yeah. The Japs turn that around. Well, front, well yeah, front-wheel drives, um, cheaper to be made, yeah. um, uh, but still really good, really reliable cars, so... Yeah, well, um, that that's the thing, you know, so... <laughs> In Japan, the streets aren't as big, and and in, in, in Australia, the streets are bigger. And we've always had like the family sedan, so that to put people, in, which is which is which is different now. It doesn't exist because it's um everyone wants an SUV, and yeah. uh, and to be honest with you, that's another silly thing. It is it, the, the SUVs to me are pointless cars. Yeah, I don't I don't know my dad's got a territory, but <laughs> having said that, yeah, but hang on, territory's got how many seats? Seven. Seven seats. It's you a, can't it, fit seven people in a in a not yeah. say Falcon, but a sedan. You can't. You can't. So like. It's a big SUV, and that, that okay, that makes sense. But these these tiny little, based on Fiestas and Barinas, jacked up. You know, yeah. the, what is the point of that? I, I, do, I don't. People just like the higher driving position, this, that, and the other. Yeah. I, I, I get it, yeah, but so I feel safer driving higher, and but it's not really. At, at the end of the day, it's they're they're not, you know, they 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 are just pointless. Like especially in Europe, SUVs are and in the states especially, SUVs are huge. Oh yeah. So <laughs> like. Escalade. You know, yeah, well, Escalade, <laughs> bloody Hummers and that. But, you know, it's 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 a, it's a good contrast because Australia's always had the, you know, the, the Aussie wagon or the or, or the Aussie sedan. Yeah. Chuck all the stuff in there and go. Now it's just like, okay, well, we've got all these all these options from all, all over the world, especially Japan and, and, and Europe. 
um, that that give good good competition. You know, you know what I mean. So like, for example, from Toyota, uh, Honda, Mazda, or especially and, and Nissan, especially N- N- Nissan's latest ad campaign was was saying, oh, um, we've got we're proud to have Australia's largest SUV range. That's nothing to be proud of. <laughs> like, you know, it's but they'll sell cars because people want people want SUVs. Yeah. You know, so it's um, it just shows the good contrast between the two, between the, especially Australia and Japan, mm. and the way they've marketed the cars. And and that's why that's another thing where I think Australia's fell behind is because, um, while people have moved on towards SUVs, we've tried and stuck with like Commodores and Falcons. Well, Ford did make the effort with the um, with the Territory and Holder did with the Adventurer, which um, which which was just pretty much a jacked up car, which is what the Falcon is anyway, which mm. is what the sorry the Territory is anyway, but. The differences between the two, uh, like the, the the Japs, for example, offered a whole range that small, medium, and large SUVs. Yeah. Whereas pretty much Australia is just like, well, all we can do is just this. Just one. Yeah. So, so do you blame the manufacturers? Do you blame Holden? Do you blame Ford? Like, you know what I mean? Do you, do you blame them for not? It's a hard one. Getting with the times. It's a hard one. You, you see, you see, the, what they've done is, well, for example, in, in Holden's aspect, is they've brought the like the the Korean made. You know, Captivas, which didn't do just just did not do well for them. Well, it's it's doing well now, but it's still not. It's, it's still based on an old car, which is what the territories anyway. But they've won in the tracks. They've brought in. Um, uh, but see, that, that's that's another problem though. They're Korean. You just said it yourself. They're Korean they're cars. Korean cars. Yeah. They do they do nothing for Australia. Yep. Mm. They may do well for Holden sales. Yep. Holden being GM. Yep. They don't mean nothing for Australia. They don't, and it's, that's exactly right. And and say same thing with Ford. Their, their, their small SUVs are, are from from Europe. They're, they're yeah. European based. So, yeah. and I think they even made in like I think they put made in Thailand and whatever it is now. But um, having said that, that's where I think Australia's got left behind. And you're right, they didn't get with the times. And it's but you can't say they could have, they could have spent all the money on the R and D here for that when they just couldn't have really because you know. Uh, obviously, the funding's a big, big thing here. If they're only selling pretty much two, two, two main cars, Commodore and Falcon, yeah. there's kind of no point when they when they can just grab cars. They're not going to make their own car when they can just import yeah. one and make the money off of that. That's exactly right, and and I, and that's why I think Japan, especially, is is really good because because Japan just say screw it, we'll just do it our own way, and and that's the way they've always been, and and as as you see, Japan's they had their you know they've got their cars. So like if if you, you walk into a you walk into for example a, a Mazda dealership, you walk in and you'll see you see sports cars, you see MX fives and, and that. You walk in and you'll see you see sedans, you see hatchbacks. So so they've got those three covered. Then you walk then you go they got I think three different SUVs. They've got the six three six five and six nine. Oh, that's a four CX seven as well. Yeah. That's four SUVs in there. Yeah. The SUVs outnumber all of all of their other cars. Yeah, pretty much. So you know it's. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah, and it's and Australia, to be honest with you, didn't get with the times, and it's, and I think the government reducing the tariffs and all that on on imported yeah, cars. That's that, yeah, that, that's, that, what, that's that's what well, that was my point before. They they reduced that, let a lot of cars in, gave people options, I guess. Yeah, and giving people those options really did make, it's it's killed it's killed it's killed the, it's killed the Australian car car manufacturing here, which is um which is sad, but well. Let's talk about the comparisons anyway. So, performance car-wise, if you were to say, well, our performance cars here, like Aussie, Aussie-made performance cars are big sedans. Really, really, they don't really have any other any other option because, as we're talking about, that's just got the Commodore and the Falcon. They put up a good fight compared to a compared to a lot of cars, compared to the Japs and stuff, because the Japs have got specific sports cars. 
they got like the, the you know Rex's Evos, um, obviously STI WRXs as well. Um, oh, look, the Japs have been turboing for a long time. Yeah, big time. They've been turbo. They've been boosting cars. Yeah, family cars. Ages. They just chuck a turbo in there. Oh look, these days everyone's <laughs> getting a diesel, right? A turbo <laughs> yeah. diesel. Yep. So these days it's more about economy than it's power, but the diesels are getting up there in their in their power ranges, well, I guess. That's exactly. What I think they. I think in, in, especially in Europe, I don't. This is Jab for Oz, but um, they got they got some of these diesels that are quicker than more powerful than bloody you know petrol cars, and they're, they're, mm. it's just it's, and the torque they put that's insane. Yeah, but that's another topic anyway. But that's that's, that's another topic for another day. But um, having said that, diesels there. They got Forester diesels, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the Boxer diesels. Boxer diesels, that's right. Which is uh, which is cool. Um, they're turbo. They are. They're, they're, they're turbo. They're, they're turbo yeah. as well. So, look, that's that's interesting. It's like like I was saying. Sorry. So the, the Japs have been turboing for a long time, and Aussies have been have always been naturally aspirated. So you got your Holdens, your Fords from back in the day to now. Um, and when they started turboing since two thousand and three. What was it thereabouts? Two thousand and two. Yeah. Two thousand and two with the BAs. L- late two thousand. Yeah. yeah. So that's when they started turboing their cars. I mean, they had uh, they they I guess they had the Stroker kits and the, and the AUs and everything. Yeah, the, the, in the T um, threes. Did they have the superchargers in any of them? No. They didn't have the superchargers, no. but I guess Holden had their supercharged. Um, they had the supercharged Buick engines in them. I guess at oh, some yeah, stage. Oh yeah, in the um, in the, well, v, the, 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 v, the super sixes. I guess the, the super they had yeah. they had them since since um late nineties I believe. Yeah. Uh, Mid to late nineties. Yeah. So I mean, we did have some performance, uh, a few performance options in the Aussie range. Then once they stepped that up to the, I guess the, the turbo sixes, the yeah. straight six Fords, that that was pretty cool. I mean, that's that's something that um, that Holden could not compete with, and that's why Holden dropped their XU six, I believe. That's exactly right. So yeah. um, now that that's something to be proud about. I mean, that's that's Aussie engineering. It was. And the the six with the Barra was six, uh, yeah. was a hundred percent Aussie. Yeah, it is. I believe. Yeah, it is. So. That's that's pretty cool, and I don't know if they exported that much at all, did they? It went to it went to NZ and um, and territories went to Thailand, I believe. Yeah. Um, but that's it's just not enough. I mean, it's not enough. If it, they if they up their export rate, I mean, what was it? I mean, you you could tell me yourself that I don't know some of the FPVs were beating supercars. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's that's incredible, but it didn't get noticed. No one batted an eye. At the end of the day, the car companies had that choice. Holden exported the Caprices, exported the Commodores yeah, to, to, to all, all, that, all, all, a lot of places in the world. I think the Americans had them as cop cars. The, yeah, the Caprices, Caprices I they believe. And, and they, they had the they had the SSs of Pontiac G8s and yeah. um, and well, uh, and the Chevrolet SSs. Yeah. But could you imagine if yeah? I mean, let's let's talk about the Yanks for a second here again. So uh, they had the Crown Vic. I yep. believe for yeah, the cop cars, the cop cars and they yeah. still use them, right? Yeah, believe it or so, not. So yeah. even though they stopped, uh, they're phasing they're, them out. Yeah, so they're phasing them out. Um, their next option could have been Falcons. They could have been. It could have been Falcons. I mean, imagine Australia exporting all these Falcons for cop cars over there, mate. Oh, incredible! That that would have been amazing, a massive boost. It would have been. Probably a massive contract too, like a long, expensive. Big money contract. contract. Yeah. Oh, uh, it would. They would have. I mean, you see, every cab is a, is a Ford, is a Falcon. <laughs> if they're good yeah. enough for cabs over here, you send all the boosted Falcons to America. That that'd be laughing. Well. A lot of forums and like I read a lot of stuff on Facebook and stuff. Like people in the states are just like, we want these engines, and they're actually importing them. They're, yeah. they're buying rectons, importing them, making massive power out of them. So the fact of the matter is, if that if they would have to done that, Ford, Ford in the states would be like, we'll just build the car here. He would have probably so, stolen it from uh, Australia, I guess. Exactly yeah. right. But 
Um, we'll continue this. We're going to go to a quick break. Um, we're going to go to another song. We're going to go to... That's right, 98.9 Northwest FM. You're back on Car Talk with Maddie J. Still in the studio with James and Adam. Um, we're talking we're talking Aussie versus Jap. Um, so we've just talked about Australia and Australia's problems with their cars at the moment. Um, so now, now we're going to move on to, to, to the Japanese cars. So Japs have been really, really ahead with technology for a long time. I reckon, to be honest with you, a good Lexus is on par with, like, technology-wise, pretty much anything. So, um, what are your thoughts about that, uh, Ad? Uh, look, um, from what you've taught me a few things. Now, I remember your dad's or your your family's um, Camry. Back in the day, yeah. That Camry, you were telling me, had, you know, this feature, that feature. I was like, what year was it again? And you're like, oh, 90-something. I was like, that's pretty good. I mean, I know, I know the Mercs and the... The Beamers have had it, but that's we're not talking about that today. We're talking Aussie versus Jap. Now, the Aussie cars had nothing. Like, yeah, they really yeah. had nothing. Yeah. And we we talk about the 70s. Uh, they had... You were lucky if you had a radio. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, My mum had a 93 Mitsubishi Galant. It wasn't a good, great car. It had everything. Yeah. Like, it wasn't... My friend has, a, I think, a 91... I want to say Magna. And it's got... I don't know what you call it. In the, da- in the dash... It's got all the, it's got a stereo, like all the equalizers, the bass, the treble, oh, well. <laughs> all the, all the little things. And it's, you know, it's not, he doesn't take care of it. It's all dusty and old, yeah. but the sound in that thing, it's clear. It's better than my stereo system at home. I'd like, I could just sit in his car and listen to music well. and optimize it with the levels. <laughs> like the Japanese took, took, uh, especially electronics, seriously. Yep. Like, I don't know, I'm not no expert, but I'm assuming American muscle cars do not do well when it comes to electronics. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. It's and Australian old, older 70s cars and stuff. Exactly, look, exactly right. And the Japs, well, that camera I was talking about was a fully imported one from Japan. It was oh, a, okay, it was it Aussie a, delivered? Yeah, it was, it was Aussie delivered, but oh, it was an imported one because they, okay. made, they made them here. Yeah, yeah. But that car came with everything. Like, it came with auto lights, came with, this is back in 91, yeah, and uh, that, model, that model started in 89. For comparison for what you're saying, James, with the, with the American muscle cars, Matt Farah is a... You guys know who Matt yeah, Farah is, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's another automotive journalist. He said... um, He bought an R32 Skyline GTL because um, they, they just got the lease because you can just buy them in the States now. He bought one of those and he's got this... For the same year, he's got a Ford Mustang. And he's like, how the hell did Ford sell this car <laughs> compared to com- compared to the Japanese car? What, he, what year Stang was it? 89, Fox 89, Body. okay. He's like... The Fox body is junk compared to, compared to yeah. compared to it. He's, he's like he's like he's like this GDA drives like it's brand new today. Yeah. And he's he's like uh and he's like the Mustang drives like an old Mustang. Yeah. He's like this these cars were released at the same time, um, two different parts of the world, but it just shows the technology that that yeah. J- Japan had, and the, the one they had the Atesa all-wheel drive system in the in the GDR. Yeah. They had that uh, lovely, lovely RB26 twin 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 cam twin, twin turbo, all yeah also said all-wheel drive. Four wheel steering, uh, just just a it's, just, it's it's an incredible car, and you know in comparison, Ford had a Mustang with wind up windows and a big V eight, and <laughs> and which was and it had less power. But that's what the people were asking for, and they start they still sold well. Yeah, yeah. So th- that's in comparison. That's how far ahead the Japanese cars Japanese cars are. And in fact, in I think it was eighty nine, they released the the, the model, I think it was released ninety one. The first Lexus LS four hundred. So this was Lexus's second car, and it was their their full ground up build. 
had the wonderful 1UZ V8, uh, 4 litre V8, which is which was, believe it or not, at the, at the time the only engine, uh, car automotive engine released, allowed for aviation use. That's how that's how over-engineered that's pretty cool. and strong this, and strong this, this engine was. Mitsubishi used to make planes. I'd just like to point that yeah. out. <laughs> Shout out to the Zero fighter plane. I, I believe I, Saab was in there too. But, uh, Saab, anyway. yeah, that, that's true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Saab was in there. Um, anyway, this... Um, what was I saying now? The... Sorry, I interrupted no, you, you with like a right. fact that just popped yeah, in my head. The, the Lexus car, the, the, the LS400, for example, you would turn your key off. This is back in 91. Turn your key off, take it out. The steering wheel would go back inside so you can get out easier. <laughs> Had incredible options. And this is a car ahead of everything. That's how good the, the Japs are with their, with, their, with their electronics and stuff mm. like that. And a lot of those cars have done three, 400,000 kilometer studies. You see them on car sales. They still look like brand new. They've held up. You, you, you try find me another another car from either yeah. Europe or Australia that's held up that well. You won't. You just you just, you just won't. I, uh, I, my car, if my car was not Japanese made, it wouldn't exist. It'd, just be, <laughs> it'd be scrap basically. <laughs> it, it'd be it'd be um it'd be no good right right about now. Well, look, the time is seven forty seven. Uh, we've um. We've got another quiz to get to. Adam's back in the hot seat. Uh, second time round. Hopefully better than last time. What did you score last time? Six and a half, right? Six something, yeah. You got six and a half. Six so, and a half is pretty good. Six and a half is pretty good. So Luca, believe it or not, my my brother beat the score last last week. I don't know how. Did he get eight or something like that? You got eight out of ten, eight, yeah. yeah. Okay. So he, he just pipped Anthony Falk and Anthony Falk's pissed. <laughs> so shout out to you, Anthony, because you're not happy. Um, so I don't know. Are you, are you ready for this? I hope so. Uh, well, <laughs> well, I'll get the mood. We'll set the mood. So we got we got our we got our, our uh, little background music. If you get, can can you hear it coming through? Is it? Yeah, is it, is it, yeah, is it yeah. It's not helping. We need yeah, the law and order. Dun dun. Yeah. <laughs> In a criminal justice system. <laughs> now, um, all right. So, question one, Mister Adam Grasso. The RPO option appeared on which model Falcon? RPO. Can you uh, help me out with RPO? RPO 83 option. Great. I don't know. I'm going to... If I tell you anything more, it'll give it away. Yeah, okay. I'm just going to go out on the limb here and say... Um... It was... Okay, I'll give you a hit. It's after the... Um... It's after the XY. But it's 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 like it's after that series. It, it, could, it could be any one of the new ones. So it's it's not it's not X, it's not XY or, or previous. Let's say XD. No. X, XA. Oh, that was on my mind, but uh, that's cool. That's cool. What and, and elaborate on that a little bit more. What's that? What's this? Oh, I, I, after the, after the okay. quiz, I'll, I'll, I'll get to it. Question two: What was the first car to receive the M badge on a BMW? Think of it logically. I mean, if I was thinking of it logically, M1. Correct. Cool. Which was a supercar. What came first, the C36 AMG or the C43 AMG? 43. Uh, 36. Ah. Uh. Uh, question four. The two f- first generation Mitsubishi Eclipse shares its engine and drivetrain with what car? Evo. Correct. Question five. What year did the R32 Nissan Skyline GTR come out? We, we just talked about this before. Yeah. Um, geez, I, I couldn't give you an exact year. Uh, can it back, 25 year rule. 
Oh, okay. 91. A couple of years before, if you want. But it's either 89 or 90. Take a punt. 89. 89, yeah, I'll give it to you. Damn. Question six. True or false, HSV, or we talked about this one earlier, HSV made a, uh, released a Commodore with a supercharged 3.8 V6. Correct, XU6. XU6, correct. Question seven. The original Toyota Corolla Sportivo Turbo came in what color only? Gold. Correct. That's a little, that's a sick car. That is a cool car. And not many of them too. They're, they're very rare. Question eight. The Holden Commodore is set to finish production in what year? 2017. Correct. Question nine. What year did the final RX-7 come out in? Final RX-7. FD. One of the last ones. What was the last year for it to be released? 2001? Oh, 2002. Uh, close. Close. Question 10. The Toyota Altezza shares its chassis and design with what other car from Lexus? Oh, the, um, oh, I know this one. The IS, IS range. Yep. IS 200, uh, 250, yep. whatever you want. Yeah. Yep, cool. Give you that one. So, let's count them up, shall we? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, better than, before. better than before. Better than before. Okay. Seven out of ten for the big grass is One behind Luca, so you've shared second with Anthony. He's going to be even more angry now. <laughs> so, <laughs> shout out to you, Anthony. You're going to be pissed. Um, but yeah, so, so good, some hard questions so, now. So yeah, um, RPO. yeah, elaborate a little bit on that. I'm interested now. So what RPO was? RPO came two two options. RPO eighty three, and later it came in the RPO Superbird. Basically, what RPO was. Was, do you remember the, the, doing the supercar scare? Not, not really, but um, you tell, well, us, tell us about Basically, it. the supercar scare was when they were going to release the GTHO Phase 4 in the XA. Uh, yeah. They made four of them, and then the, the government's like, these, you're building these cars that are too fast. Um, basically, we, we won't buy your cars as government cars anymore if you, if you release these cars. So Holden, Ford, um, Chrysler... Just shut their performance like arm. Um, what, what year was this? Because I'm seventy. I think it was seventy-two. Two or seventy-three. Because that that correlates with uh, Chrysler stopping the RTs, yep. I believe. Yep. Uh, that's, uh, so, that's why. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that, that, that's interesting. Um. So basically, what uh, they had all these parts left over for for the obviously the 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 whole E four, and they said, "How can we? How can we? Um. This is I believe this is what this is what, this is what it is. Um." They said, obviously, we've got to sell it. So if you ticked on an RPO option, you got like the bigger cam, bigger carbs, and you got a full barrel carb and, and, and stuff like that. And they were they were like a real weapon. There was it was a it was a GT RPO, so they they were they were a real weapon of a car. Um, this is back, and it's it obviously wasn't the phase four, but it was as close as you were ever going to get to getting one. Yeah. And now people have realized what they were, and now and now RPOs are starting to to go. Oh, an XA is already up there yeah. and you get a limited run like that with um, stuff that wasn't actually supposed to be released yeah that's, yeah, so that's pretty cool th- that's what RPO option 83 was RPO nice so yeah it's it's a pretty cool story you gotta look into that one but um we're gonna go to our last break of the break of the show um got another song you're back on 98.9 Northwest FM we're done for tonight guys we are done. Thanks. That was, that was a top show, I reckon. That was good. Good conversations tonight. Yeah, yeah it was. We, 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 we talked about the big, big topics. We have so much. We, should, we could elaborate so much. I still want to talk about uh, uh, the Japanese automotive industry because that seems to be just be booming 
for the last 50 years and it doesn't seem to be going downwards. Doesn't seem so, to be stopping. <laughs> yeah, I want, I want to talk about, I want to learn about that. So we could, we've gone for ages, but uh, maybe, maybe I'll come Next back next time. If people aren't sick of me, I'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely no stopping. Well, thanks again, guys, for coming on. Nice. Stay tuned, though. We've got Stratos coming on. He's just in the studio with us now. Um, he's got show Street Hustle coming up for the next hour. Real good listening, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we'll see you next week. Take it easy.